Welcome to Escaping the Ordinary Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Teague from Feather and Finch Photography. And today I have a super special guest, Sean Bell Photography. Now, Sean is located in Scotland. And in this episode, you'll learn about his practical application when he's doing portraits, how he adjusts his way of photographing for each and every couple and creates these absolutely incredible photographs that you see today. Now, also, guys, I want to let you know that obviously ryanteague.co is now live. Super thanks to Square Moose, the team for designing a custom Squarespace website for me. Now, in there, we're actually holding a workshop, in-person workshop on the 12th of December, 2021 on the Gold Coast, Queensland, Australia. There are currently, as recording this, three tickets remaining. It's a very intimate in-person workshop for photographers that want to excel their business and increase their skills. We're going to be having a live shoot theory. There's going to be so much involved. So you can find out more at ryanteague.co and also with the presets and the how to create moody portraits e-course on ryanteague.co but I hope you all enjoy this episode with Sean Bell. So I want to welcome Sean Bell on the podcast tonight. It's been a uh, bit of a mix in, in getting Sean on the podcast and um, it's super grateful to have him here. He's been an inspiration of mine and a lot of other photographers that I know in Australia and New Zealand. And yeah, to speak with yourself, Sean, I know a lot of photographers are uh, itching at me, asking you some questions that they got to me today. So um, yeah, welcome, mate. Yeah, thanks very much, mate. Yeah, good to speak to you. And yeah, yeah, I've been enjoying your uh, podcast. So yeah, I hope I don't let you down. <laughs> oh, mate, I don't think so. I think your work speaks for itself, I think. So um, why don't you tell the listeners, Sean, about where you're located, mate? Yeah, so I live, uh, I'm in Scotland, just south of Edinburgh, which is uh, the capital. And yeah, I, I travel and work all over Scotland, the Highlands, spend a lot of time in the Highlands um, working on elopements and stuff. But yeah, sunny Scotland. <laughs> sunny Scotland. The um, So were you brought up in Scotland? Is that where you're from? Yeah, I was um, I was born in Edinburgh and um, never really moved far away. I mean, it's it's a beautiful city. Uh, there's a lot going for it in, in this area. You know, we're, you know, an hour or so from the mountains, really cool cities, and yeah, so I'm, I just live sort of like six six miles away from where I was brought up. Wow, wow, that's pretty special. And then, how did photography come into your life? So it's always been around, I guess. My dad was a super keen amateur, and he had a dark room, um, which was like our it was a room in our house, like a little spare room. And I just remember, and like as a kid, I was fascinated. I wasn't allowed in, yeah. So I guess that made it even more sort of um, enticing. So like everything my dad had, like guitars as well, I wasn't allowed to touch the guitars, the electric guitars, and so I wanted to do that. And then this red light used to emanate from underneath the, the door in the spare room when he was in developing. So he was a super keen amateur, really, he had a really nice eye. And uh, yeah, so I guess I was just always around that sort of stuff. And then eventually I got his camera, and that's how, that's how I started really, was with, with film um, cameras, yeah, my dad's camera. Wow. So so it's been in the family. So how long have you been doing it as a professional now then? Uh, more than 15 years. Wow. Yeah. Um, I started, I went to college to study and uh, luckily fell into a staff job at a newspaper um, as a junior um, right after college. So yeah, been doing it a long time. <laughs> I'm an old man. <laughs> You're an old man now, you reckon, huh? Yeah. <laughs> so tell me when you um, finished studying... And you got that stuff job in the newspaper. What was that job? Was you a journalist then? Yeah, so I was a photographer. Yes. So I'd basically kind of 
I didn't really know what I wanted to do uh, when I left school, but I guess like that camera was there as a late teen- teenager and I was like drawing and stuff like that. And then my dad gave me that camera and, and you know, it got to a point where it was like, what the fuck am I going to do in my life? And, and, and that was always just there as a constant. And, and it, it's funny how it's like staring you in the face, but it, it just hits you one day. It's like, I have to just go and do this. You know, I was becoming more and more obsessed. And then I thought, okay, I'll go and study it. You know, I'll go and do it properly. Even though I, I was a super keen amateur and super obsessed and and sort of, I wanted to learn the processes and everything that kind of went along with it. And I got to a point where technically I knew kind of what I was doing and things like that. But yeah, I thought I'd go to college and, um, and sort of learn properly, <laughs> if that's a worth. Mm. I spent a lot of time in the pubs in Edinburgh, to be honest. That was a lot, of my, <laughs> a lot of my college days was spent in the grass market pubs. But yeah, so I was really lucky. I, there was a job came up at the local newspaper it was it's in Edinburgh. Um, it's more of a regional that was sort of tied to these bigger newspapers, nationals. And it was always had a really good reputation for producing good photographers or and the college sort of had a good link with it. It sort of fed into that newspaper. A lot of ex-students kind of started off there. So I guess when I was at college, I was one of the, the four journalists used to come in and do like an hour a week with us, you know, talking about his experience and things like that. And I was really psyched on um, like Magnum photographers like Sebastian Salgado and people like that, you know, photojournalism. So this job came up and um, I went for it and I'd done a three-week placement and um, yeah, I got it. And so I basically just jumped away from college. I never finished the course. Wow. They gave me all digital kit and, you know, I got a salary and I was just, I was living the dream, you know, as a a young guy who was super psyched and sorry, having that and then being able to go and learn from these amazing photographers I looked up to and that I saw in the papers every day and, um, it was a really intense learning experience. I learned more in two weeks than I did in two years of college. You know. And then what about the transition then? So obviously with, with that job, obviously now what we see is you as a wedding photographer and a loan photographer. How did that transition come about? I guess it was a long time. When I first started, you know, I, I was just learning. I was doing lots of different things and it's a great training ground, you know, being working in that environment. I was, my picture editor was super harsh on me. He's, he's a good friend of mine now, but he he literally had me in tears. Wow. You know, because I was coming back from jobs, he would send me, yeah, he would send me back out on jobs if he didn't think I'd got up to scratch. He would um, really harshly criticise my work. And he was a guy who took me on, but I mean, I know now that he said that he didn't want me to, he, he could see something and, and, and just wanted me to, I don't know, get that, felt that that criticism would be standing in good stead kind of thing. mm and further down the line, and I guess it has it. It's, it's he wanted a quality of work out of all the photographers on that picture desk. So that was really hard in the start, but I get why he done it, you know. And 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 um, it was a good paper in terms of no other sort of paper of that ilk was was putting out um, the sort of quality of photography and things like that at that point. So yeah, long, sorry, I'm going off on a long tangent there, but yeah, it's. Uh, I guess I just got to the stage where. I'd shot, things were starting to repeat themselves in terms of the jobs that I was going on, the various events and sporting events and stuff like that. And I ended up leaving the paper and starting, I went to an agency and they were doing a lot of commercial work. So I ended up shooting a lot of that and working with art directors and that just killed me. (laughs) 
just being a button presser, you know, being told how mm-hmm. just, you know, there was no, absolutely no uh, input, you know, and um, I, I really didn't see myself doing weddings and I, I, I guess like I really just fell into it. Shot my cousin's wedding, then I shot my first wedding to pay for a guitar amp. <laughs> and then from there it was like, uh, shit, this is amazing because it was at the time where weddings were getting away from that sort of stuffy traditional yes. thing. Yep. And if couples that were getting in touch with me, you know, I was shooting maybe people that I'd known from bands and things like that. And they were kind of creators. And I was like, shit, this is actually, I, I'm just autonomous here. I can go and create and, and I'll just shoot the work that I, I like, you know, and, and, and then people will come and book me. And um, yeah, and it was all real as well. It was none of this sort of commercial stuff that was all set up and fake and all the rest of it. It mm. was like real stuff happening, emotions. And I just slowly found myself really falling in love with that and wanting to really push that side of it. So, Can I take you back, Sean? When, when you had that editor, when you were working at the newspaper and you, it was giving you that criticism to obviously drive you and push you, do you think that was a huge catalyst to your growth? Yeah, absolutely. And I sort of see things now and I look at like Instagram and it's all just fluffy and, mm. oh, this is amazing, this is amazing, you know, and I'm like, this just so far away from my start, you know, in terms of that. And I don't know if people yeah. are in critique groups, but I think critiques would be a great, are a great idea. But yeah, because I still sort of hear that voice, you know, and still feel like I'm never producing good work. Um, mm really gave me a fright yeah it was like months and months and months of just never feeling quite good enough so yeah that really pushed me on I think if it had been like everything if I had started and and then my work was instantly sort of like accepted Mm. and yeah that's great that's great that's great I don't know I'm not the kind of guy that gets complacent about stuff you know I I never feel happy with my work as you know naturally but maybe I would have been a bit more complacent if I hadn't had that early criticism and and, and feedback it's real interesting you say that there's that saying where like if you give someone a pat on the back it limits their growth and it like comes to my mind a lot when you're explaining it and and it's funny that someone that's you know would call you a veteran in the industry especially with how and fluctuated the the industry is now with people coming in and stuff and 15-year career as a photographer but still looking at your work and saying, you know, still looking at your work and not being overly excited. is, And you, you were just saying that still happens today with the work you're creating? Oh, 100%. Mm. Yeah, 100%. Why do you think that, Sean? I'm not sure. I've tried to sort of chat to other photographers about that as well. And I don't know, a lot of people suffer a similar mm. sort of thing. But like, I'm really, really hard on myself in that way. I'll always come away from weddings and you know, frustrated at what I, what I didn't do. And every, every image I, I flick up, you know, maybe I've been shooting something and, and I don't know if you get that sort of uh, flutter, you know, when something really nice is happening in front of you and, and you're clicking it and, and I still get that little sort of fluttery uh, in the stomach, you know, heartbeat, just like, shit, this is fucking amazing. You know, this is, <laughs> you know the light's all happening and there's the shapes and the forms are all kind of, it's all coming together and there's emotion there and all that sort of stuff. And then, get back and I bring it up on the screen I'm like mm, I could have done that yeah. I could have done, done that you know I've never yeah like every single job I've never been 100% happy with an image ever mm. and I think it only gets worse as I learn more <laughs> yeah um, do, do you I'm think it's because your eyes getting more developed and looking at things differently as well like you're you're a lot more conscious in the process that you've 
made the image and you know the opportunities that could have presented itself rather than 10, 15 years ago, yeah. you may not have had that knowledge of, you know, oh, I could have used that light differently. Maybe you're still learning light. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's, I look for more nuance and more subtlety in, in images now, I think. I think and I, I'm, I'm drawn to that. You know, I'm drawn to real delicate subtlety and things like that. So I'm always really hyper-focused on that to the point where it annoys me where I like actually this I always mix things up like season to season you know the stuff that I look at over the past season I think what's well, my weakness there what was yeah. I not just dialing in so I'll try and so like for this year I was forcing myself to shoot looser like more loose dragging the shutter more I always drag shutter and things like that I wins but this just did a bit more of that and almost like doing not through the viewfinder stuff because I'm really I get sucked into real like form and lines and, and you know, where the hands are and mm. where the limbs are bending and what's kind of happening with, within the, the frame that sometimes it, it's a bit clinical mm. and I've been forcing myself to shoot a bit looser with couples and almost just, you know, not look through the viewfinder and compose it in a sense, you know, compose it, but not, it's, it's a difficult thing to, to break away from when I'm so, I don't know, fixated on uh, form and line. I want to jump into your actual practical process as well, Sean, because I'm sure the, the listeners have checked out your work and if they haven't, better go check it out. There's a lot of like connection, but it, it seems real quiet to me. Like it seems real soft and quiet. Yeah, not overly forced, not like there's a default for every single wedding type of thing. Some of these are breaking the rules. You know, I know there's no rules, but it seems real calm. I'm sitting on your website and Instagram now. Can you chat to me about and listeners about the actual process that you take your clients through, the practical process during a wedding? In terms of couple shoot, in terms of how yeah, you start the yes. day? Or? Yeah, yeah. How you start the day, obviously you document the day, but mainly when you've got yeah. that couple with you, how do you get them to that point of calmness and connection and direction? I think it's not spoken about enough. A lot of photographers was, you know, I, I believe you have a high profile in the industry. You know, when I was starting, it was real hard to figure out that's what they kind of do. And I can maybe use a little bit of that to create my way or something. So like yeah. Yeah, the practical implication that you give to the couples during the portrait shoot. Yeah, I've worked on it over the years, but I think it's just, just being a human, you know, <laughs> just studying humans. and You know, we're, we're a people of that, aren't we? And I guess just, um, yeah, not trying to force things Allowing the couple time, obviously there's a lot of build-up and I do a lot of groundwork before with a couple, you know, over calls and things like that. And it's just that trust, isn't it? And just kind of, so again, that trust on a couple. But yeah, specifically through the couple session, it's easier on elopements because we've got a lot more time with a couple. Whereas on a wedding day here, I'll do a 20-minute shoot sort of before dinner and, and I like to do a, a secondary shoot between dinner and dance with a couple, maybe 10, 15 minutes or something. So we haven't got a massive amount of time generally at Scottish weddings. Mm. They do like to turn it around quick and get straight into the beer. And so we've, we've sort of, you know, we've limited the time. But yeah, I, I'm always, throughout the day, I'm sort of in the morning prep. I'm basically watching how the, the bride is, watching how the groom is, their, their personalities and stuff like that. And I'm, I'm assessing where I can pitch my banter where I can mm, mm. what's going to be their sort of what's their interests what I chat a lot I ask a lot of questions and um, I find out the sort of level that we're at you know and I think that's just 
you know, at school I was, I guess I could, I could hang out with the crazy kids and I could also hang out with the, mm. the goodies, you know what I mean? The swats, I could hang out with the sports guys and the, and the music guys and all the rest of it. And it's, I can use it at weddings and try and just be a sort of every man kind of thing. Mm. But yeah, just weaving your, your way in and it's a little journey, I think. And the first go out with a couple, I, I'm basically not shooting straight away if I can help it. Cameras are down. I just pop them into a space. I tend to start off in the long lens. I don't want to go straight in with the 35. I want to allow them a bit of space to breathe and also allow me to just stand back and look how they sort of hang and hang together because every couple would be different in the way mm. that their bodies are and shapes and the way that they are together if they're tactile if they're not so tactile and then you can just I can read within that sort of first five to ten minutes where they're okay and where I should come out and but yeah just watching how a couple hangs together where their limbs are going and stuff like that and then I can gather from that where, where I take it where I take the session and what sort of poses I guess um, they would work with Mm, I love that. I think it's um, it's nice to hear as well if the couples, for those couples that, you know, you're really just reading their body language and just seeing how they respond to each other and then giving direction where necessary. Yeah, it's really soft direction. I don't move hands or anything like that. Um, I have a lot of fun with it. I, I piss around and I, I just put in some really shit banter. And a lot of these sort of, I've been... I've spoken to some stuff. I've done a workshop in my, my own and, and some photographers have asked and that looks so moody and these this couple are just so into each other and I'm just like, you know, like a hundredth of a second after that frame, we were just yes. all fucking creasing ourselves and it looks so moody and fucking chiaroscuro and it's all beautiful and, and dark and, and whimsical and or whatever. And I'm like, we were just absolutely fucking about. We were talking about stupid shit and it's just, you know, that, that magic that happens a hundredth of a second either side of a frame you know and it's something and it's and I still don't know what that is like what makes one frame particularly better than another when one can be compositionally better there's there's a mood that's in there that's almost intangible but yeah it's just making people uh, comfortable and then, then then I will go in closer to the 35 if we want to do some more emotive stuff if the couple are cool with that I, I, I almost and let them invite me into their space mm. so you start with an 85 generally yeah just just to give them a breather because they've come out and they've, they've, they've come from the melee you know like 100 people just want to hug mm. them and stuff like that and a lot of the couples I work with I would say almost 100% will say to me we are going to be awkward in front of the camera yes we're really shy we're really nervous almost all my couples I don't know why I attract that sort of couple but that's cool I was quite introverted as a kid I'm, I'm better now but I'm quite shy really um, doesn't appear it you know when I'm on a wedding day and I've got that camera mm. in front of me but I guess that's maybe why I loved photography as I could hide behind that and it was a thing to do and it was a good relief for anxiety but yeah I'll start on an 85 just get them to walk and, and that's an easy thing to do for a couple you just just walk and have a chat guys about your day and then that that's given me sort of five minutes to to just watch how they're um how they're waltzing and how they're they're falling into place and how they are with each other because you've not seen it really up mm. until then. You, you've seen a sort of stressed version of them, yeah. <laughs> you know, because they've been like shitting themselves, kind of doing the whole official stuff and, and yada yada. So yeah, start off with 85 generally. Depends on the space, obviously, but I like to do that if I can. So generally, what's your kit? 85, 50, 35, 24 or yeah. not that much? 
35, 85 for a, like a huge part of the day, like, you know, 90 odd percent, but I love a 50 for candidates. Yeah, yeah. You know, I don't know why. I just love, I've got a 1450. I just feel it's like a sweet spot for me. I know, like, I don't know. Um, the 85 is too long and feels too snipery for me for candidates. To, I'm not immersed enough, but the 35 is too close for me. Everybody's different, I guess, you know, mm. but I love that 50, just going around shooting. Um, so, yeah. Do that a lot, but yeah, most of the day, man, just 35 85. Um, awesome. but on elopements recently, I've been shooting with my old 7200. Oh, yeah. yeah, which is mental. Like, I know nobody shoots with them anymore, they're old hat, but this is like 15 year old. Like, it's actually renders really nicely because it's, it's so fucking beat up. <laughs> I shot a gig with it once in, in Glasgow, I was shooting Iggy Pop, and somebody threw a this is awful, man. I'm sorry. It's an awful story, but <laughs> somebody, somebody threw a big cup of piss and it landed in the lens and it's never been the same since. <laughs> but it's kind of got a nice, got a nice look to it. I don't know why. Um, that, that, that piss has sort of augmented the look of this lens that it has. It's gone into it and done something to the elements. <laughs> so, um, don't try that yeah. at home, huh? Yeah, don't try that at home. Um, I don't know, elopements, I felt like, oh, I'm being lazy, you know, just walk further. But mm. on elopements when I'm shooting the mountains, I love that 200 end to compress the distant hills. And and when the weather's like really bad and we have to work really quickly, it just allows me in really close and get some hands, you know, I can get detail, I can I can pull in and pull out. But mm. mostly just in the mountains, I've, I've been frustrated, like how am I not? getting this in it is just that compression that perspective compression at the 200 end sometimes um, yeah not the most fashionable lens but it is it's, I love it if it works it works huh oh totally man yeah but for weddings it's generally yeah, 35.8 hey Sean I want to take it back just a little bit I've got a couple of questions in regards to the practical um, process that you have when you're shooting couples like say for example if I put you in this position where you have a couple I think it's really nice to listen to here. They have a couple and, they're, they're, you know, you've got them, you've said to them, go for a walk and have a talk and they're having a yarn. And then you can still see that they're kind of awkward. You know, they're kind of like looking for you for a little bit of direction and then they kind of like stop. How do you handle, I mean, it's hard to say because you're not there, but how do you handle the next step with them then? I mean, like last port of call, I'll just do some stupid stuff with them you know just get them to walk and back their hips or do the drunk walk and all that sort of stuff you know and that's I don't tend to have to resort to that a lot but yeah I guess that's the early the early work that that goes in during the day I'm tapping into their humor levels and their their interests and um, what sort of makes them light up I guess Um, just weaving my way in and kind of learning all that stuff in the morning so generally it doesn't sort of happen but yeah just create an action you know do a spin like three three times and, and pull the bride in close you know you're back and you know like a, a dance like a twirl giving them tasks you know that maybe even feel stupid to them and and certainly that can open up loads of stuff you know and relax them yeah is that is that what you meant 100 percent. yeah yeah for sure i just kind yeah. of wanted to stay on that because i know a lot of listeners will be hearing yeah we're cool we you know they want to hear the practical side that other photographers are utilizing right. okay because yeah. we always you know some of us question ourselves about you know if there are other ways that photographers like yourself that can get these calm moments and stuff like that but it yeah. sounds very similar how you're just adapting to the couple and you've just really you've done the groundwork 
you've really been witnessing how they connect and how they, you know, banter throughout the day. And then when it comes to the couples, you're kind of pretty much ready for what you already know is going to happen, right? Yeah. No, absolutely. And and I mean, I'm talking a lot. There's times where I'm, I'm quiet and, and, you know, as I always say to my couples, if I'm not saying anything, then I'm happy. Um, you know, there's, and I say, there's no rules, there's nothing. I just keep moving and stuff. And then if they're not, if they are like shy and they're, they're a bit staccato, you know, I'll introduce stuff. I'm always saying, you know, move those hands up. And, you know, if the bride's got her hand around the arm, I'm always looking at that and I'm getting her to squeeze. I'm like, oh, come on, squeeze those guns and, you know, piss about and, and yeah, just yeah. making light of stuff. I'm always just clicking away and just weaving a little path in. I get it's funny in a way because it's like, is, is that the stuff I want? But, but then I guess early on, you sort of sussed out the things that they would sort of want. A lot of the couples that come to me love the sort of big landscape with a couple in it. Because they're shy, they don't want to put that emotive stuff on the wall. But I always think it's nice to have it. And, mm. But yeah, just you're just um, I'm just continually trying to weave that little path. And, and a lot of the time, I'm building to an end point. And I kind of know it's there, but I, I don't know what I want. But until I sort of get there and then it's a really hard thing to explain but I'm sort of building stuff and I'll be shooting things that are I know are not right but I don't know why it's not right so I'm just getting them to move around I've not got like set poses I don't do posing cards or any any of that sort of stuff so a lot of the time I'm just building to an end point and sometimes that end that that middle but where it's all sort of like boring and I'm still shooting. And that was an old press tactic. You know, I'd be, I would just be shooting headshots until I came up with an idea, mm-hmm. just chatting to the, the subject, even though you knew that you're just getting kind of boring headshots. When you start a process, creativity kind of tends to follow and ideas tend to follow. Just start on the process, just start. You know, it's not right, but something will, a limb will move, a hand will move. And you're like, oh, shit, that's it, that's it. Moves into their... So yeah, I'm just building to an end point and, and then I know when that sort of end point's there and then that's when I get excited and everything starts fluttering and oh, that, that's it, yeah, yeah, cool, just stay there, guys, stay there, keep that, keep that, keep that. And then a lot of the times if I can't, if I've got no sort of ideas, the couple are very staccato, I'll do like a 360 around them. Yep. So it might look shit from one side, but I'll start going around the back and shooting hands, shooting detail, shooting, mm. just do a 360 round. But yeah, always talking to them, always trying to make them like laugh and, and, and relax and, and uh, yeah, that early groundwork is basically just your 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 sort of gold, your 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 way in, your key in sometimes. The um with the locations that we see, obviously you're living in in an incredible place with mountains and stuff like that. Does this where couples are, are choosing to do their kind of like couple photo shoot there or are they getting married there or is it a bit of a mix? Get, getting married there. Yeah, like is that where the yeah, the elopement is? Yeah, absolutely. Wow. Yeah, it's um I don't I rarely do couple shoots. It's all, it's pretty much more than ninety percent on the elopement day. Yeah, so Scotland's really cool and in, in the way that we can get married anywhere, like outdoors, if you buy humanists or registrars or, or whatever, like it's all it's all fully legal. It's not in England yet, but yeah, Scotland you can just pretty rock up anywhere and uh, get married. So yeah, and we've got some amazing places in the Highlands. So yeah, that's where they're getting amazing mate amazing hey and appreciate you explaining that process like i said i think it's really important for the listeners to understand your thought process and what your couples actually go through and how you handle it and know know that you're human as well as everyone else i want to flip it a little bit sean and ask you 
we are elopers. And this is with your partner, is this correct? That's right, yeah. We are elopers. Now, is this another photography brand? So this is... Uh, so my partner, Justina, is a photographer as well. She's an excellent photographer. And she's been seconding for me as well as doing her own work uh, for a long time. And uh, yeah, I've always been really psyched on film. Uh, I've done a little bit of film when I was at college. And then I've done a little bit of film when I was in bands and stuff like that. Just... Um, messing about in mountain biking films and climbing films and stuff, just always been really keen. And then we were working together. There was obviously a lot more elopement starting to happen. And um, we just had this idea. We just thought, well, why don't you lead, you know, for just, you know, to lead doing photography and I'll and I'll shoot film. I'll make little cinematic films of these elopements and stuff. So, yeah, we've been doing it a couple of years. It's It's been a very slow burn as we try and find what we want to do. But we just felt like maybe we could do something that was a sort of in-house aesthetic. We've got nice. a similar aesthetic so that, you know, when a couple books photographer and they book a videographer and they're completely at odds in terms of, you know, one's light and airy and one's like, yeah. you know, fully renaissance. Um, like it's kind of proper. We thought, yeah, maybe we'd try. I think... It, Within reason, you know, it's, it's very difficult to do that. You know, I think early days I was going like full tilt on it. I was like, right, I'm going to get the preset. I'm going to convert the preset to a lot. And then I can just, yeah, yeah. Like exactly the fucking same. And it's just not like that. But yeah. but it's just, it's an aesthetic sensibility. You know, it's not just done in colors, you know, it's just an aesthetic sensibility. And I think Justina and I have that very same sort of, you know, similar sort of vibe. So we just thought that that would be, quite a cool thing off couples and yeah I've done a few gigs this year and got a few lined up for for next year we're still early days I'm still finding my feet with it you know and, and I love that I love it. it feels like me being back at the start of my photography wow. journey <laughs> I'm at the start of my film journey and I'm making all the mistakes and you know I don't really know what I'm doing I roughly know where I want to get to but I can't get to it quickly it's frustrating at times but also like lots of little happy accidents and yeah it's really exciting that's really interesting The um, that you've kind of dived into that. It's like a pretty steep learning curve. Obviously, you have a good, good solid background, but with your experience, you know, and then you kind of become the the newbie again, if you want to say. It, it, it really shows a lot about your personality, about like taking on challenges and trying to push those boundaries, which is, you can hear it in your voice when, you, when you're talking about your practical way that you photograph and that you're still, still just having good banter with couples and, and, and winging it and, and stuff like that. So I think it's really important. Hey, Sean, I, now I'm going to flip back. I want to take you back to Sean Bell photography. And I'm sure you've spoken to a lot of photographers. You know a lot of photographers in the industry. You've seen it adapt from film to digital, et cetera, like that. What's one big thing that you find a lot of new photographers struggle with or not putting the emphasis into learning enough of? It's really, yeah, it's hard to pin down because I'm just trying to think back to, I ran my own little workshop like last year or whenever it was, was it two years ago? I don't know what years it is anymore. And it was really low key, super like practical. I just ran a wedding day as it was happening in real time. And I gave them timed challenges I basically wanted to give because I've seen a lot of styled shoots that were out in these big epic places and it just wasn't like reality um, for a lot of stuff so I would I gave them like the shittest light possible to work with yeah and I think there's a lot of that I think people struggle with um, I think a lot of new photographers are just really pushing for elopements and I think they maybe think it's sort of 
easier in a sense. But yeah, I think the biggest sort of touch points in terms of the from the workshop and trying to try to think back was lighting and working with couples. Yeah, definitely. It's interesting. It's it's really nice to hear that you you put them in the deep end by giving them the shittest light possible. It's funny, like a lot yeah. of workshops, you know, like take attendees to a mountaintop, you got this incredible sunset, a beautiful looking couple. Yeah. It's just in the bag. You know what I mean? It's it's totally click the shutter and they've connected. And it was almost like uh, I wanted to so give them time. You know, you got two minutes. You, you've, and it was going back to press days, like when where I would turn up to jobs and it was like the worst light possible. And I think I almost operate better when I've got bad light and in a bad location because it somehow kickstarts the problem solving part of your brain and that becomes a creative thing. So I'm almost shit myself sometimes if everything's too good if the light's too good if the location's too good it's like, <laughs> like it's almost like shit I'm going to mess this up I'm really worried like, like, it's just like they're going to expect amazing things because we've got this freaking amazing sunset we've got these hills behind and it's just like well, I get in I get in a worse state because I think wow. it's like, shit this is, I'm just going to come out with some average here whereas if I've got really tight space no like minimal light it, I kind of start problem solving it and then I'll create something and I'll be like, shit, you made that out of that. Wow. It's like, yeah. So I feel more nervous when it's all in front of me. Do, do you think that's why, like, because I, <laughs> that's so funny you said that. I've never heard that before, but <laughs> do you think that um, Sean could be, cause like, say for example, the couple is standing on a mountain, it's just this incredible sunset. They'll lit up, you're lit up. Like they're looking around saying, holy God, like this is, this is beyond magical. And then you feel there's pressure because they can see what you can see and they expect you to make that even better. Exactly. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely, mate. Bang on. Yeah. It becomes, yeah, it's pressure. It's big pressure. And 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 I still get it. I still get nervous before journals. <laughs> I still I still get really, really nervous. Um and especially when it's all in front of you. And and they're just like, yeah, come on then. Yeah, come really, on, Sean. <laughs> Make the epic, and it's just like so. I prefer being the underdog. I think that's a Scottish thing as well. We're we're pretty good mm. underdogs. This national psyche, we're we're good at being the underdogs. So, yeah, I like that. I like when I can. I prefer to pull something out of nothing and surprise people, sort of. Um, and they're, they're, you know, that's cool. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, I've been super nervous on jobs sometimes. I'm like, oh my god, this is the light's too good. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll wait till this light goes and then we'll start yeah right? and then they'll be like oh you won't be able to do it for this like, ah, wait just wait <laughs> you wait this is 15 years coming in right waiting to see what uh, i can do with this that's interesting uh, hey that, that's it i love it i love your mentality sean like that that underdog mentality it sounds like you're always a student of learning and growth and putting yourself in the deep end and it's real fresh to hear honestly from the other side of the world of your practical implication that you utilize with couples and that your mentality as well. It's just real fresh, man, to hear that. I want to ask a question here, Sean. Now, generalizing the listener as just a a photographer, a wedding photographer that's doing one wedding or, or two weddings every month or something, and they really want to push the boundaries without knowing too much detail about them. If I could ask you to share one thing to them to push their boundaries? What would that be at their next wedding? So I think a good thing to do is 
you know, weddings are a good place to experiment, but they're also <laughs> yes. they're also a good place to play it safe. You know, I don't want to like, you know, this is um, shoot know, film. Not, um, shoot <laughs> advice, yeah, shoot film, yeah, just take five, four, man. Um, yeah, absolutely. I'd love to. Do, but that's something we're thinking about for the locals. Is I I used to have a five four camera and um, I sold it, and we were thinking about um, buying another one and, wow. and just doing a Polaroid shot um, of every couple that we do. Yeah. Once you've got some safety stuff in the bag, yeah, things like like a candid time, just put one lens on, yeah, whatever that lens may be, and just use that in zooms, whatever. Just just using your fifty. I often once the safety stuff's in the bag, I'll give myself little things to do. If if I've done the rounds in a room and I've sort of got, got everybody, I'll give myself little tasks. You know, just shoot hands, just shoot feet, or you know, various things like that. Mm. But yeah, like messing with your settings, you know, popping your shutter on a. A thirtieth of a second, or when you're out in the couple shoot for a little bit, I'd flick it from. Um, I use like uh, auto ISO and as auto as it can be because I don't want to have to worry mm. about all that. I know how to work in manual, but but I, I flick it to shutter priority and and I shoot it like twentieth of a second and force myself. I, I know that I'm missing shots that I would have got, you know, if I'd, I'd been on a sort of normal shutter speed. But yeah, just playing with things like that, dragging the shutter. Is that is that what you mean by most definitely? Like yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I love that. I think um, yeah, like having having something to to trial once you've got that safety net in the bag. And you said something real interesting there. You know, you said you know you're missing shots, but you're also probably getting shots that you wouldn't otherwise have got, and other people wouldn't have seen. And um, yeah, yeah, as you know, some of them may work, some of them may not. But yeah, you know, it, it's keeping your creative juices going as well and um, putting you back in that learning curve, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. It's really, and even just little steps like that and almost create problems for yourself because problems, I think, lead, certainly to me anyway, when I'm, you know, sometimes just take a couple into a really badly lit place, you know, (laughs) obviously scope it out first, but sort of force yourself to do that once the safety stuff's in the in the bag you know and mm. that's when we can relax and that's often like in between dinner and dance like here I, I like to go out with a couple and open it up a little bit because they've maybe had a drink they've maybe relaxed a bit and then I can just go a bit wild on it and yeah force myself into those spaces that I feel a little bit uncomfortable because I, I want to see if I can create something with this light or yeah allow yourself to miss shots but maybe something's a bit of a gem and then you can take that in your next wedding knowing that that sort of works you know and that becomes part of your repertoire mm. in the long run whereas at the very start it's, it's out with your comfort zone but then slowly and sure yeah. you know you, you move up in stages and it becomes part of your 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 whole repertoire and then you can move on to something else um, another technique or another way of working you know and that's i guess it's me i'm just pushing myself to shoot much more loosely this year with a lot of the the work that I've done it's like every season you come to the end of the season go right okay I've, I can do that shot I can do that do I just want to keep repeating that and it's like yeah just keep yourself problem solving and and, and learning yeah I love that I absolutely love that Sean what a way to end the, the the episode mate that's um yeah it's got me fired up for this weekend to be honest I think some of us shooting a lot of weddings sometimes you just fall into a rhythm and um, yeah, 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 you forget to experiment, and and when you're saying that, kind of giving me goosebumps. You know, I've only been doing it five, six years now, and but even back then, I was experimenting more. You know, just just trying to find find me and, and so and see what worked for me. And but hearing that, I remember speaking to Narav Patel last year, and he was saying, um, 
you know, he, he was talking about his process, about how he does like personal projects and stuff. And he said, man, go get it like one window in a house and have a couple or just one per- a person and see if you can utilize that one window, no other light for one yeah. hour, you know? And he said, like, you will come up with so many problems and solutions by not yeah. just have a couple stand next to a window, take a photo straight on or to the left or to the right and then move away. Like, get them on the ground, get them sitting, get them behind the window, get them in front of the window, get them on the window, you know, like, yeah. And I remember doing it for a personal project of mine and like, I come away with that and I was like, man, time is, is so valuable, but also clear headspace, which you kind of mentioned about, you know, when you're shooting headshots, but you're actually shooting headshots just so you can think about what's going to happen next. Remember yeah. Alex, Alex Soth, obviously, you'd know a Magnum photographer. Yeah. I remember doing his workshop and he was saying that he was shooting an eight by 10 of, of, of this gentleman on the Mississippi River and um, he just was lost for creativity. So just literally, it's pretty funny, from my memory, got in his car, didn't say anything to the subject, the guy, and just drove off. And everyone like was sitting there like, what's has happened and he just had to go for a drive and just clear, get away from from the noise and then he came back yeah. and he goes and he was straight and he was like look this is what we're going to do put this here do that there and then he said at the end of it he was like you know from my memory it was like look our brains can only handle so much and for me i had to escape but i can't put an 8 by 10 camera up in my face and just pretend i'm escaping under there i had to get in the car there's a film crew here so i had to leave to come back fresh and I think that's a really vital thing as well. Like you said, you know, we're not always banging these amazing portraits. Sometimes you're just stalling for time to come up with an idea, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think it's, I'd love to go for a drive mid-wedding. Mid-couple shoot. Sorry, guys, I'm off to tickle my muse. Um, <laughs> fucking, you know, it's really, yeah. So we're lucky. Yeah, I, I use that tactic a lot. I mean, it's, just shooting, just yeah, you know, sometimes it's comfy, you know, but yeah, just the most basic, it doesn't have to be creative, whatever, but yeah, allowing your 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 brain, your brain to sort of click back into gear and, mm. and come up with something. But, but I think if you start shooting, something will move, as long as you keep the couple moving in a sense, if you're struggling for ideas, keep them moving. The most simple thing, you know, just sort of ask them to have a slow dance, whatever, and then shapes will appear and then you, you'll go in a, you'll, find a little path, another path to run down. That's a beautiful, practical thing. Love that. Hey, Sean, mate, I'm wary of your time. I know it's uh, early morning over there and I know you've got a busy day ahead of you, mate. And um, yeah, I just want to say I'm so grateful to have you on this podcast, mate. I know we, we, we tried a few times, but things got in the way like time and stuff like that. But it's been an honor to chat to yourself, mate. Yeah, I remember seeing your work a few years ago and always, always following your work and seeing what you're creating on the other side of the world and inspiring people in Australia and New Zealand that I personally know. So, um, yeah, I just want to say how grateful I am, man, to have you here. And I'll be linking out to your website, to your Instagram, to We Are Lopez, Justina. Cool, yeah, cool. Mate, and uh, yeah, appreciate your time. Oh, honestly, you're so welcome. It's really, um, yeah, I love the podcast, mate. And I think you do an amazing job. And yeah, that was a lot easier than I thought. So yeah, I hope I hope there's something in there. Mate, there's a lot <laughs> um, of things. You got yeah. me pumped up, so I'm good to go. No, thanks, thanks so much, mate. Thank you.